1 Peter 2.9 says, But you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, and holy nation, a peculiar people. Hello, my name is Jake and Orton, and this is Peculiar, because church people are weird. Hey everybody, welcome back to the podcast. My name is Jake and Orton, I'm your host. This is Peculiar, because church people are weird. And our theme, uh, <clears throat> we bring that title from a Bible verse that's found in the book of First Peter chapter 2 and verse number 9. And the verse says, But ye are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people, that ye should show forth the praises of him who hath called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Now, um, we just wrapped up talking about that uh, a peculiar pattern, which is um, talking about the proper way to approach God according to the Old Testament. Uh, we also did another episode. Um, those past two episodes about the peculiar pattern were really kind of about prayer uh, and a certain style of prayer that people like to use uh, because it is how God said he wanted to be approached. And it, if you look at it, it's interesting. It has some parallels to a, some other prayer patterns that people use. Uh, so really that seems very useful. Uh, if you want more info on prayer, uh, you can check out another episode we did called Peculiar Prayer, where I talk about another prayer pattern that Jesus himself gave. And also I link in there a message by a man named Raymond Woodward, who uh, broke it down. He did uh, into like one words or seven different one word statements that you could call as the different points of prayer. So there is that. Uh, Jesus also said he gave some uh, qualifications for how we should pray. He said that we should pray in private, pray in secret. Don't pray to be seen by people. Don't necessarily keep on repeating yourself again and again. And that all of these things are important. That, so that's just some little side notes on prayer. Some stuff to be thinking about. And if you didn't catch those past two episodes, go check them out. They're available on YouTube. They're also available on the audio version of the podcast. Um, and also you can go check out that original. It's not available on YouTube. Um, but it is on the podcast, whether it's Apple, Spotify, Anchor, whatever else have you. Um, I preached a message at our church on Sunday, getting into the main portion of our episode. And today we're bringing back a um, 
we're bringing back an old thing we've not done in a while. It's kind of off the topic of prayer, but uh, it is one of our old standby types of episodes. Uh, and the message I preached on Sunday kind of ties into it. Um, this past Sunday was something that is called Pentecost Sunday. And it is a celebration of the anniversary of the official founding of the Christian Church. Uh, it all happened during the Feast of Pentecost, which was a Jewish feast that celebrated um, harvest. The Feast of Weeks was another word for it. But anyway, that feast celebration, the day of Pentecost, the holiday was fully come. The disciples of Jesus were all gathered together in one place. You've heard me kind of read all this before. It's found in Acts chapter 2. And while they're all gathered there, the Spirit of God falls. They're all filled with His Spirit. They all begin to speak with other tongues. Peter preaches the first official sermon of the church. And are all uh, there are 3,000 new members added to the church. The church is officially founded there. They go from just being followers of Jesus into being a full-fledged church. Uh, it goes from being a basically a sect of Judaism to, in their eyes, still a sect of Judaism, but in the eyes of everyone else, this is different. Something has shifted. Something has changed. And they would become what is now known as Christians. Everything has changed. So, in a way, I'm going to kind of make this a peculiar patter episode. Because we're going to talk about a couple of churchy terms. Not necessarily have to be churchy terms, but they're kind of churchy terms. They're terms that could entirely confuse people. I preached about, on Sunday, about a word... Uh, that isn't exactly common knowledge, even among some Christians. And that word is apostolic. Apostolic. Um, what you may hear a lot of people who label themselves with this word is that they, are called, they will call themselves apostolic Pentecostals. Apostolic Pentecostals. So I'm going to talk about both of those words and break them down and talk about what they mean. Because the average person probably, they might know what the word Pentecostal means. Most of them don't know what the word apostolic means. And pairing the two together is kind of interesting. So Pentecostals. So I talked about the day of Pentecost is when the church was founded. Um, and that's found in Acts chapter 2, verse number 1. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord and in one place. For 
they all were in one state of mind in one in all in the same room. There were 120 people in that room. And they were waiting for Jesus said that he was going to send a comforter after he went back up to heaven. Jesus said he was going to send his own spirit back in his send spirit back in his name. And that when that came, it would give them the ability to be great witnesses or to teach what the Bible said, to teach about Jesus, to spread, to preach what Jesus taught, and to grow the Christian faith. He said that this spirit I send to you, we talked about the Holy Ghost, that's what he was sending. If you don't remember that, go check out our previous episode that we did about the Holy Ghost. Uh, it was one of our previous Peculiar Patter episodes uh, where we talk about the Holy Ghost, the fire of God, all those kinds of things. And it's kind of all in here. But on the day of Pentecost is when the Spirit came, when God sent the Holy Ghost. And they all began to speak with other tongues. They began to speak in other languages. Now, you may notice... Not all churches teach that this still happens. Some of them don't even agree that it happened then. However, I and the church that I go to believe everything in the Bible is true. Unless it is explicitly stated that it is a story to make an example, unless it's poetry, uh, that it actually happened the way that it said it happened. There are some things in the Bible that are phrased to be dreams. There are some things in the Bible that are phrased to be stories to give a for example. But this is not that. This is the fulfillment of a prophecy in the Old Testament that God would pour out his spirit on all flesh. This is that prophecy that the prophet Joel gave coming to pass on the day of Pentecost. And what a Pentecostal is, is a person who believes that the same experience that happened on the day of Pentecost in Acts chapter 2 still happens to this very day when someone receives the Holy Ghost. So what happened on that day? They all began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them the utterance. Speaking with other tongues is the evidence that someone has received the Holy Ghost. Is it the only evidence? No, absolutely not. Uh, we read in the book of Galatians that the proof that someone has the Spirit is that they show the traits of love, joy, peace, 
gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance, love, joy, peace, long-suffering. I think I left that one out. <laughs> love, joy, peace, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Ah, I'm stumbling all over myself. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Anyway, all those things. You need to show self-control. You need to have patience. You need to have love for other people. You need to have a peace on the inside. That is the proof that someone has received the Spirit of God. But the initial evidence that you have received the Spirit of God is that when God comes into your life, you will have a transformation that is comes through it in a physical form of speaking in other tongues. That is what the Pentecostals teach. And I am one. I am someone who believes that when you receive the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit of God inside of you, that you, the same experience that they received in the book of Acts is still available today. There are people out there who, based on the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 13, uh, the book of 1 Corinthians in chapter 13, uh, Paul gives a statement that whether there be prophecies, they shall, they shall fail. Whether there be tongues, they shall cease. Whether there be knowledge, it shall vanish away. And people use that verse to claim that tongues have ceased and are no longer available as something that happens when someone is filled with the Spirit. However, look at that verse. Whether there be tongues, there shall cease. Whether they be prophecies, they shall fail. Whether there should be knowledge, it shall vanish away. Two out of three of those have not ceased. Prophecies have not all been fulfilled. Not every prophecy in the Bible even has come true, much less prophecies that still happen today. And we probably need to get to talking about some of those terminologies there. But prophecy is basically a statement of something that will come to pass. Uh, and I need to hit on prophecies in a future episode. <clears throat> Whether there be knowledge, it shall vanish away. Now that one's even easier to say. Knowledge has not vanished away. Because people are still talking about the Bible every single day. They know what's in it. There are people who believe the Bible. There are people who know the truth of God's word. And that's what that knowledge is talking about. It's knowledge of the Bible. The Bible is still accessible. So it stands to reason. Prophecies have not yet failed. Knowledge has not vanished away. Tongues also have not ceased. And on top of all of that, every guest I've ever had on the show will agree with me. Their experience still comes to pass that they speak in tongues. Your host can tell you on a regular basis that he speaks in tongues. Those things are still true. Pentecostals. The day of Pentecost. That experience of speaking in other tongues is still accessible. Jesus also talked about various other signs uh, that come with... Um, 
he talked about some various other signs um, that would follow them that believe before he left. He said, these signs will follow them that believe. He said, in my name, they'll cast out devils. They'll speak with new tongues. If they drink any deadly thing, it will not hurt them. They will tread on serpents. All these various things said that he would give his people power. Uh, he also said that you will receive power when the Holy Ghost comes upon you and you will be witnesses to me. All these things are all working together to spread the kingdom of God. Those gifts, Pentecostals heavily believe in those things. Some denominations of Christianity do not heavily believe in those physical manifestations of the spiritual. And that's the key difference there. Now let's move on to the second word, since I spent way too long on this, this one in particular. Uh, let's move on to that second word. It also is alluded to in this chapter of Acts chapter 2. Acts chapter 2. Uh, after the Holy Ghost is poured out, after 3,000 new people are added to the church, after Peter tells them the way to receive the gift of the Holy Ghost, which is to repent, be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins, and receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. These people are now in the church, and if they're in the church, it's time for their lives to change. Something begins to change. And that change is highlighted in Acts chapter 2, verse number 42. They continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and in breaking of bread and in prayers. Fear came on every soul. Many wonders and signs were done by the apostles. And all they that believed were together. They had all things common. They sold their possessions and goods, parted them to all men as every man had need. They continued daily with one accord in the temple, breaking them bread from house to house. They ate their meat with gladness and singleness of heart. They praised God, had favor with all the people, and the Lord added to the church daily such as should be saved. All of those things were how the first church looked. And the word apostolic comes from this word here, apostle. Apostles. Doctrine. What's an apostle? Apostle comes from a word apostalos. I may totally be saying that wrong, but it's a Greek word that means a sent one. One who is sent. And the early church, not the early church, the ancient Romans, the Greeks, the Romans. Yeah, the ancient Romans, not the Greeks. The ancient Romans, when the emperor would take over a place, he would send people, apostolos, he would send apostles of his Roman culture into the place and begin to teach people how to be Romans. Because unless they could make someone a Roman, they would not be ruled by a Roman emperor. The people would fight hard against it and would not want to be Roman. So when 
Jesus said that he was sending his people into the world to talk about his kingdom, they were being apostolos. Not of Rome, but of Jesus. They were going into the world. They were establishing a new order, a new culture. They were not establishing a culture of Romans or of Jews even, but of Jesus. And that's what the apostles were. Apostolic means someone who believes what the apostles taught. That's the second half of this apostolic Pentecostal thing. Pentecostals believe in the experience that happened in the book of Acts chapter 2. That people in the modern day still speak with other tongues and see all the different signs and wonders and miracles that Jesus promised. That they can lay hands on the sick and they will recover. That they can survive any attack of the enemy. That they have authority over demons and can cast them out. And that they can speak with new tongues. All those different things. That's a Pentecostal. An apostolic believes everything written by the apostles is what we should be teaching today. So everything in the book of Romans. Everything in the book of Thess First and Second Thessalonians, everything in the book of James, everything in the book of First and Second Peter, everything from this point on, literally, we should be believing everything after the book of Acts. We better be doing it, and we better be doing it the way that they did it. So what is the Apostles' Doctrine? Well, some of it's kind of alluded to here. Uh, fellowship. They believed they needed to be connected in a church. An apostolic believes that you need to be connected to other apostolic Pentecostal believers. You need to be connected to other people who also believe the apostles' doctrine and speaks with other tongues. Breaking of bread and in prayers. Uh, breaking of bread, well, that kind of ties into fellowship. It means you need to be spending time with other Christians to grow in your faith. They ate dinner together. And in prayers, you need to pray every day. We just talked about prayer and how to pray. Get on that. Check on that if you want to become an apostolic. Fear came on every soul. You need to be respecting the church of God, the spirit of God, the word of God. That's what that fear means, respect. Many wonders and signs were done by the apostles. Miracles should be commonplace in the life of a sent one. All that believed were together and had all things common. You should take care of other Christians. That's what that belief is. They sold their possessions. You should be willing to give to the church and to those who have need. Parted them to all men as every man had need. They continued daily with one accord in the temple. You need to be... They were uh, studying up on the word of God. They were breaking bread from house to house. They ate their meat with gladness and singleness of heart. Contentedness. Um, getting in the word. Getting in connection to God. That's what was done in the temple. Um, um, praising God. Worship is a big deal for apostolics and Pentecostals. 
worship, praising God. I'm probably about to get on that one. That's probably what we're going to talk about next week is peculiar praise. Uh, because Pentecostals praise a little bit differently than your average soulful, quiet type of worship. Um, as a recent Christian song that was released said, it might get loud. <laughs> it might get loud. Excuse me for a minute. Cause I've got a song to sing. It might not be on key, but it's from my heart. Mm, I like that song. You need to go check that out. Go check out It Might Get Loud. I've, it's a really good song. I'm actually going to link it to the video. You should check it out. It's it's a good song. <laughs> anyway, moving on. Um, breaking bread from house to house, ate their meat with gladness, singles, and sorrow. They praised God, had favor with all the people, and the Lord added to the church daily, such as should be saved. Reach other people and teach them the word of God. That's a key element. Now, other things, there's only one God. This is a heavy one. Uh, apostolics do not believe that God is a trinity. A lot of heavy stuff in there. <laughs> uh, I might be bringing on a guest to help me talk about that one. Uh, but to put it simply, uh, there's a verse in the Bible that says, There are three that bear record in heaven. The Father, the Word, and the Holy Ghost. And these three are one. John 1 and 1 says, In the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning of God. You hop on down to verse 14 of John chapter 1. It says, The Word was made flesh and dwelt among us. We beheld His glory as the only glory of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Look. The apostles believed in the book of Deuteronomy. They believed what was written in the beginning of the Bible. They believed the Old Testament was true. And the Old Testament says in Deuteronomy 6, verse 4, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. When Jesus came into the world, they did not believe he was God the Son. They believed that he was the Son of God. Or in other words, God made himself a human body, lived in it. They didn't believe that God sent another individual to come and die for us. They believe that God became a human, died on the cross, rose again three days later. God is, there is only one God. Uh, apostolics also believe that we need to be separate from the world. Come out from among them and be ye separate, says the Lord. It, it says, be ye holy or separated as I am holy. We're separated. God is holy, so we should strive to be holy as well. That's a key element of what it means to be an apostolic, is we believe we need to be different from the rest of the world. All those things are critical. Separation. There is only one God. We should worship that one God. We should reach the world and tell, tell them about the truth of God's word. That's one of the key reasons why I do this podcast is to try and reach the world and tell them about the truth of God's word because I I believe I am one of the sent ones 
doing the work of a sent one to teach about the culture of the kingdom of God so that people will be willing to serve the king of kings. I'm a Pentecostal. I speak with tongues. I'm an apostolic. I have been sent to preach and teach and reach the word. I believe there's only one God, that his name is Jesus. I believe I should praise that one God in an exuberant fashion. I believe that I need to be separated and different from the rest of the world in various ways, both inside through my attitude and outside through the way I dress, through the things that I use for entertainment, through all those different ways. That's what it means to be apostolic, to be different, to worship our one God in an exuberant fashion, to reach and teach the world, all those different things, all part of being apostolic and Pentecostal. And I hope you can kind of understand uh, simple TLDR version of this peculiar patter episode, which has kind of been a little different than your typical peculiar patter episode. A Pentecostal is someone who believes in speaking with tongues and exuberant worship and uh, that miracles, signs, all those things still happen today. An apostolic is someone who believes and teaches the things that the original followers of Jesus did and taught. Translation, we're really old-fashioned. But we also believe if it ain't broke, don't fix it. <laughs> Praise the Lord, everyone. We'll talk to you guys again next week. I believe next week we're going to be talking about peculiar praise. Unless I get an interview in before then, and, it, and I may post an interview. I've got a couple interviews I need to do. Uh, we'll get on that. But <laughs> until next time, thank you for tuning in. And check it out. See if you can find some other stuff on it. And praise God. And it's okay if it might get loud.